Local Radio for Portsmouth. And here we are just after 7 o'clock. Welcome to it here. As always, very warm and muggy Studio 2 here in Central Portsmouth. Welcome to Express This Week on the air from now until 9 o'clock tonight. We've got pieces of paper all over the place tonight. Uh, we've got a very busy show, uh, in actual fact, tonight. Taking ourselves away, of course, from the, uh, the current uh, weather. Making all the uh, the wrong headlines, really, I guess, in some ways. Uh, but uh, we'll turn our attentions to business, and we're talking to uh, Steve Bully uh, from WSX Enterprise. So you can tell us more about that. Steve here with us for a chat at ten past seven uh, thereafter. Uh, we're talking about, uh, and we've chatted before about this, uh, partnership with Business Innovation South Expo, one of those awards, and uh, we'll find out more with Steve uh, later for a chat in about ten minutes or so here on the show tonight. We'll chat about this uh, very briefly, I think, but it's 7.25 tonight. We're catching up with Leon Sonnen Councillor from Gospel Borough Council. Uh, Councillor John Beavis. And we'll talk about the HMS, the former HMS data side, of course, the data sports front, uh, and the uh, proposals there from the Gospel side of the site. And uh, what it means for the town. All sorts of proposals about that. Uh, in future weeks, hope to get the actual developers on the show as well. But uh, we'll catch up with local councillor John Beavis uh, later for a chat at 7.25 tonight here on the show. Uh, later at 7.45, Lisa Durain. Uh, Lisa is from the Theatre for Life. Um, it's all to do with... No, she's not. We've got two very... Actually, these very close together, in actual fact, two sort of theatre-related things. But we're talking about, first of all, a summer ale festival. Talking drink. Uh, and that's been held in firm at the Ashcroft Art Centre. Well, I've got to get that right, haven't I? Uh, so we'll, we'll chat to Lisa about that. Uh, 7.45 tonight here on the programme. That's the stage connection now, I think. Yeah, Getting confused. Because uh, we turn our attentions later than 10 past 8 um, to Michelle Smith. She's from Theatre for Life and it's all part of Soul and Mind and all to do with dementia. Uh, we'll be chatting about that and what, uh, how we can help people with dementia this Theatre for Life. And Michelle, uh, Michelle can explain more about that because she's the artistic director uh, and here for a chat later at 10 past 8 tonight here on the show. And our profile guest, the first time as well. This is going to be very interesting, in actual fact. Uh, we, uh, we're talking about the Solent Force. They're those, well, there's actually four, but we're talking about mainly the three of them out there in the Solent, of course. Spitbank, Horse Sands and No Man's Land Fort. There is a fourth, but it's privately owned, uh, which, of course, in the Helens Fort, which is more near to the Isle of Wight. But uh, we're talking about the three main forts there in the Solent. Uh, we're talking to owner Mike Clare. Now, Mike also owns a certain furniture store called Dreams. Other furniture stores are available. Uh, but uh, Mike's our profile guest. We'll hear two of his selections of songs as well. And we'll find out more about him and we'll find out more about the Silence uh, Forks as well. He's our profile guest. Chat to him later tonight here on the show. 8.25. Squeezing all that in before 9 o'clock tonight. We start uh, with business. And uh, business is uh, very much in the forefront at the moment. There's all sorts of different reasons, of course, with, I don't know, all this energy crisis and things like that. We, we need a bit of positivity. Uh, uh, hopefully our first guest can do that and can bring that uh, to us for the uh, business, uh, business Innovation South Expo. Uh, to tell us more about that, Steve Bully from WSX uh, Enterprises will be on the line now. Uh, Steve, good evening to you. How are you, right? Very good, Chris. Yeah, thank you for having me on this afternoon. On this very sticky, isn't it? Sticky evening, isn't it? Oh, how are you keeping cool, Steve? <laughs> uh, I've got a little fan, and then what, one of the best tips I've ever been given is that what you do yeah. is you get a glass of 
uh, empty glass, put ice cubes in it and put it in front of your fan, and it's the cheapskate version of air conditioning. Oh, see, little tips there, very handy indeed. Thankfully, we've got aircon in this studio. Thank, thank goodness, aircon. <laughs> oh, it's a bit, a bit of a warm one, but uh, I should take your tip on board. Thanks for that, Steve. I'm glad you phoned, uh, Steve. I mean, tell us first of all about uh, about this uh, Business Innovation South Expo. It's been doing the rounds now for a while, uh, and uh, it's been a positivity for local businesses, isn't it? Yeah, this year there's a, there's a lot going on for businesses, yeah. and um, you know the expo is. is amazing opportunity for businesses to get in front of uh, of other businesses and make some good contacts and potentially get in front of some clients as well. And then as part of sort of WSX and the role that, that I have here, we've recently been delivering business support to about 1,200 businesses in the southeast. Uh, and what we've done is that sadly, you know, cost of living crisis being a priority at the moment, and that's totally understandable with our energy bills, uh, business support is lacking in many parts of the UK. So we've put together a, a, a package where people can uh, get business support basically on tap. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we've put together some of the reason around 200 uh, what I would call sort of video tutorials. Most of them are between sort of two minutes and 15 minutes. So you don't need to have a massive attention span and they cover everything that a small business and a medium-sized business would need from you know, increasing sales, which is what we get told everybody wants to do, uh, localizing your marketing and understanding the routes to market, especially online and using social media, and also moving into selling online. A remarkably large number of businesses are still very scared about moving into the online marketplace, uh, and actually it can complement your high street retail uh, and also your face-to-face -face, uh, selling that you might do uh, through networking, other bits and pieces like that. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Because the business over the last couple of years, you know, because of COVID, it's, I guess it's accelerated things really, but it has had to adapt, hasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, probably like yourself, Chris, you know, I, I love walking into the high street. I don't want the high street to, to, to stop being what it is at the moment, and I think there'll always be a place for the high street. But sadly, uh, the pandemic did move people online, and if you want to succeed, you have to have that hybrid. If you're passionate about keeping your high street presence, which we'd urge you to do if you can, yeah. you do need to complement it with an online presence as well. And also you need to market. We need to get more people back into our high streets. And sometimes that can be using Instagram, it can be using Facebook. And these are all things that, although we might have an overall knowledge of, what we hope people will do if they, they sign up to join our, our scheme we can give them those online tutorials that will specifically tell them exactly what to do to get it right first time and also where to go because there are so many choices. You really have to understand who your customer is, where their ecosystem is, where they live online so you can target them. You know, if you're, if you're looking to promote a cleaning business, with the greatest respect, you're probably not going to find your audience on TikTok. No. You will find them on Facebook because that's where those people live and it's understanding some of those nuances to make sure that you get your marketing right and not every business can afford to spend no. money on a marketing agency every month and so if we can help to self-educate then we believe we're doing a really good thing yeah it's funny when you break it down like that isn't it when you sort of think about things uh, particularly say like cleaning companies and things like that not necessarily on the technology side of things but in a way they are because of how they're going to promote themselves absolutely i mean i think it doesn't matter what your yeah. business does your business can be in a really manual business 
business. You could be, you know, you could be a, an electrician, you could be a bricklayer, you could build extensions. Ultimately, you want to find the best work ever, and you want to find the best paid work ever right now, because ultimately, what you want to be doing is making sure that you're bringing in as much because your costs are going up. So ultimately, where you market yourself, and certainly if people are doing a lot of this themselves, the difficulty is is time. You know, we're all very time poor, and you can spend an awful lot of time doing things that are going to bring you no business at all, when actually what we hope we can do is help people to focus on spending a little bit of time on the one thing that potentially will bring them in those sales by physically targeting. And marketing is just one part of, of, of the online. We've got 200 uh, videos up there so I mean it's a wow. tiny part of it you know there's some great sales techniques you know we've all had to become sales people yes. um, you know uh, you're in radio you're a salesperson you've got to sell to, to me and your other listeners to keep listening to you so there, there are no jobs where really we're not in sales and there's some great sales technique stuff on there as well that we've uh, we've collated and put together over the last 12 months so it, it's a really good way of upskilling yourself in your own time uh, and we can do all of this for effectively 44p a day. Wow. And it's good for, for as you say, new businesses welcome on stream uh, and picking up techniques along the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've got um, myself and there's there's four or five other business advisors yeah. and, and one of our options is that people can can spend an hour with us. You know, we can literally sit on teams. We can spend an hour talking to people. We can really delve in. I did this, uh, in fact, yesterday with a, with a local business and it was really interesting because actually the lady had got three ideas in her head and one of the ideas she really wanted to do, but sadly it was the one idea that was going to make her the least amount of money. Now, nobody in her family was brave enough to have that conversation with her. But, of course, you know, we can. Yeah. You know, we can say, look, just going to be really blunt with you now. That's great. Do that if you love it. But bear in mind that these, this other area here is going to make you more profit. And what is it that you're looking for? Fun or money? It's just that guidance, isn't it, at the end yeah. of the day, Steve? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you, you know, I'm sure, Chris, it's the same. It's certainly the same for me. It is really difficult, especially when you're talking to friends and family, because they don't yeah. want to sometimes upset you. They don't always understand what it is you're doing. And so they're very, the easiest route is to nod and agree and say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. When actually sometimes you need somebody independent to say, it's a great idea, but how are you going to get that idea to market? Yeah, how are you going to make money from it? It's more constructive. Do you want to make money from it? Yeah, absolutely. More constructive criticism, is it, in, in some sort of shapes and form? I, I suppose it sounds better coming from somebody in the in the know rather than family. You probably take it on board a bit yeah, more. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's we've all got our skills. Yeah. You know, most people listening to this to, you know to this show right now couldn't sit where you are in your very lucky air conditioned um, <laughs> studio, push the buttons and make it sound seamless. Um, they just couldn't do it, you know, and it's the same with business advice, you know, we're, we're trained, we're qualified, we've been through the mill, I, I managed a, a nearly £2 million turnover business for 10 years, so where most people are at the moment, I've been there, and what I always remember are the things that I did that I wished I hadn't, and if I can share that information yeah. with some businesses and stop them making the mistakes that I made, because I can assure you, Chris, I made <laughs> then, yeah, hey, I've probably done a good thing. Hey, you learn along the way, don't you? It's all hindsight. Yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it? You think, oh, I wish I'd done that. And, and so you can pass on, as you say, those tips to other people and to, and to make them look be better and, you know, and uh, avoid the pitfalls, I guess, in some ways. It's, it's a scary old world, I suppose, starting your own business, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, I mean, we work both with startups. Um, we work with hobby businesses. A lot of people during the pandemic really wanted to explore whether their hobbies can make the money. Um, not everyone can, but in some cases they can. And we're working with a lot of 
uh, businesses that, in fact, many people that are still potentially working part-time in their day job and they're growing this on the side to get to that tipping point where they can, you know, put in their, their resignation. A lot of startups, lots of people during the pandemic either left their job because they really didn't love it. Mm. Um, you know, sadly, some had to leave their job because the companies didn't survive the pandemic. Yeah. And so there's lots of people at the moment. And we believe that, you know, it, at the end of the day, if you go into a certain high street, which I won't mention, a certain <laughs> high street chain of coffee shops at the moment <laughs> in this heat, and you buy an iced coffee, we can give you that business support for the same equivalent money every week for 12 months. Fantastic. And you're not too old either, right? Any age, I guess, starting a business. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we're literally, I mean, I think the youngest person that I've spoken to in, in recent months had literally just got um, their A-level results. Um, wow. And you know, had been setting up this business, working from home with support from uh, from from her parents and her sister. Uh, it's a brilliant idea, and, and we're hopefully going to sort of help her to to take that next step. Equally, uh, earlier on today, Chris, I was talking to a to a chap who's in his late sixties. He's got a hobby business, but he still needs to make a living out of it. Yeah. And with the cost of living crisis, he needs to make a little bit more living out of it. And he doesn't or didn't understand how he could market himself because in his view it was all about a newspaper advert you know and and sadly those days are, are, are you know have long since been ever taken yes. you know not you know there's there's not just press anymore years ago if you wanted to advertise that's what you did yeah. you know then radio came along which what you know what, what you do and then now we've got you know online and facebook ads and instagram and yeah. tiktok and it, it, it's it can be mind-blowing, yeah. and none of us have the time to do all of it. No. So we need to work out what it is we can do well and promote uh, our business. And, and ultimately, our job is to help people to make more money. Yeah. can be a bit of a minefield, can't it, Steve? Yeah, <laughs> when it, it, it you sit can. Down and I mean, it's, it, yeah. It's, yeah, and, and unless, you, unless you spend all day every day, um, like I do, you know, constantly researching it, constantly learning about the changes, you know, everything changes. If you think about... You know, the, the, the biggest platform that we have in the world is Google. Mm. And if one person could work out all the cleverness behind Google, there would be a multi-billion trillionaire. So Google's job is to stop us understanding what it is they do. And so every day they're doing something new because we've, un, we've, we've clocked what they're doing over there. So we've made some changes to our website, which means it's getting seen on the front page. Uh, and then they notice that we're all doing that, so they make a change, and we've got to learn something new. So it, it, it's a constant revolution. It, 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 it's, I sometimes say it's a little bit like war. It's a bit like the David and Goliath. It's little people, yeah. little businesses fighting the might of Google who are constantly trying to get money out of us and not allowing us to get any publicity for free. Yeah, yeah. Steve, if people want to find out more about this, how can they do that? How can they go about it? So hopefully you've got some details that you can sort of share on your on your social platforms for us, Chris. That would be absolutely wonderful if you could. Um, it's not the easiest way to f- uh, address, but we are digital dot and then it's wsxenterprise.co.uk and that's where you'll find us. Fabulous, Steve. Buddy. It's been a pleasure tonight talking to you, sir. Thanks for coming on tonight. And Chris, uh, lovely to, lovely to you. come Have a back to evening. Yeah, and we'll come back to you uh, if we have perhaps in future weeks and catch up. But uh, for now, thanks for being there, Steve. Local radio for Portsmouth. This is Express FM. Turn our attention down to uh, I guess the sort of uh, enterprise type of thing, really. We're talking the waterfront at HMS Davis there in Leos and of course, which has been well, it has been derelict for uh, quite a few years now, in actual fact, uh, probably since nine. 
1996 and uh, Kat's there, John Beavers from Leon, so apart from Gospel Borough Council, uh, joins me on the line now. John, it has been quite a while since that site's been derelict on the, on the Gospel side, hasn't it? It has, yeah. <clears throat> the, the, the base closed down in 1996, as you what? so rightly say. Yeah. The air engineering school that was based there had moved into HMS Sultan, and and since then it it's been uh, it's been vacant. This part of the site, some forty two acres of it. That's a hell of a lot, isn't it? Really, yeah. considering, yeah. Uh, and uh, a lot. It's very historical too. There's a lot of land there. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the, the, this is why it has taken so long. There's a lot of listing, listed buildings here. Um, the infrastructure needs a lot of work doing on it. Um, there is uh, also lots of buildings of historical interest. Um, so it's got to be carefully managed to get it right and bring it into the community. And this is a, a really a good opportunity now for uh, sort of a, and to breathe new life into it because obviously it's been derelict for some time, as we say, and uh, as I say, it's been neglected and old buildings after a while deteriorate. And I guess it's getting near to the point where it could be the, the point of no return almost, John, if we don't do something now. Well, things have got to move on it, yeah, and you're quite right. The old wardroom building, such a beautiful building. Yeah built in the, the, the 1930s and the house alongside it goes back to 1904 I think, uh, Westcliff House uh, and uh, they're beautiful buildings and, and they must be saved um, but the company that, that, that is taking the site on yeah. is the Daedalus Development Company um, and I'm very excited about the way this company is approaching the whole project um, they did uh, a very, very good presentation to the local councillors prior to their um, public consultation, which was on the 14th and 15th of July at the Hovercraft Museum. But the, the plans that they have um, uh, are really very exciting. Um, but it's not going to happen overnight. It will take a number of years mm. for it to all come together. Um, so their plan is that um, they will put in, by the end of the year, planning permission for the whole site. But um, the way it's going to work is um, the, the, the site is split up into zones. And the first zone is, is the industrial development, which is basically by the airfield, um, just off Daedalus Drive. Uh, and the second zone is what's known as Daedalus Square, where it's the old cookhouse and the buildings round it, which will be redeveloped into uh, accommodation, which are, which would be lovely. Um, and it would be great to see that. And, and, and one thing that they did say to me, which I thought was very important, it's not going to be a gated community here. Um, it's going to be open to the public, and um, and and it, it will become part of part of the Lee community, which oh, is lovely. Which is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. Uh, I mean, I have great fond memories. My dad used to work in the wardroom uh, as head cook there, and um, I think he spent most of his life there actually. <laughs> but yeah. I just remember it uh, fondly, and the and the Eagle Club opposite. Yeah, well, the Eagle Club, basically the first two zones to be developed yeah. are 
as I said, the industrial zone by the airfield, and and then um, the, the, by the Eagle Club there. Um, that's the that's the second part to to be developed. So what they'll do when they put in the planning permission, they'll put in full plans for those two areas, and outline plans for the next. Uh, I think it's three to five um, zones. They put outline plans in for those, and what that means is that you'll be able to see what their thought process is for the whole site, but but the the actual detailed plans for zones one and zones two will will actually um, be a full planning permission, and you'll be able to it'll be open for public consultation, and they are encouraging um, everyone to. Um, to make all the comments they can because they really do want to engage with the local community and bring something very special into into Lee. Yeah, uh, and this is a gold opportunity to get involved, isn't it, in something like this? Not very often you get the opportunity to do this. No, and, and the other uh, really good thing about their plan is that the Hovercraft Museum will stay. Um, that is their plan. It's going to be part of that'll be zone three. So after the the, the main tour underway, they've put the full planning ap- application in for zone three, and they've also agreed to make sure that it works uh, correctly. They're going to pay for a business plan for that particular area so that we can keep the hovercraft museum because it is in a prime part of the site, but. Um, the, their plans are to incorporate it into a very special area there. Yeah, that's nice as well because obviously the hovercraft played its part uh, somewhat in the actual Formation Miss Daly site anyway, didn't it? So it's a little bit of history there too, which is nice and uh, we're keeping that uh, alive. Yeah, uh, in fact I served there as a hovercraft navigator at the, way back in the 70s. Oh, had a wonderful, wonderful time there, I, I must bet. say. You had a vested interest in John. <laughs> yeah, I certainly do. Yeah. But you must be pleased after all this time though, John, seriously, from a you know from a council point of view, finally something's because uh, there's nothing more sad to see a site being run down. There's nothing you can do much about it either. No, and and you're quite right. Um, yes, I, I'm really pleased because we've had so many false starts with this. Yeah that have been interested but all they wanted to do was rip everything down and build loads of houses over it well that's not what we want no. we, we, we want job creation here, we want jobs for local people and homes for local people um, and, and I think this company um, actually this particular company um, uh, have had some success um, uh, in, in other areas uh, um, which, which is great and where um, the Battersea Power Station, for example, um, they took that project wow. on, and look at that now. Yeah. So, you know, they've got a really good track record. So it's it's very pleasing to see that we've got a company like this, but they still have to comply with the local plan, and they still have to liaise with the local authority, Gosport Borough Council, to make sure that their plans are compliant and acceptable. So, and then, as I say, uh, all the way through, the public get the opportunity to comment on this and, and, and make sure that their, their voices are heard. And how can people do that? How can they get involved in this, John? 
Okay, that's actually um, quite simple. We're expecting the um, the planning application to go in towards the end of the year. And um, once that goes in, there will be a lot of um, a lot of publicity about it. And it's very easy to get involved. Um, you look at the plans online. You can get plans from the Gosport Borough Council, um, and you can either. Um, make uh, an observation, an objection, or um, you can support it online by doing that. And it, that all those get put onto the council website so everyone can see them and, and uh, everyone can add and say what they want. And indeed, the, the Davis Development Company are only too pleased to answer any questions at all from members of the public. Fantastic. Well, we're hoping to get them on the show in a few weeks' time in September, so uh, we'll, we'll try and catch up and then and find out exactly more about the plans. Well, uh, I think if you get William Murray, um, William Murray was the was the director yeah. who, who gave us the presentation, and he was brilliant. Is and really? we asked lots of not easy questions and he was able to answer them all so uh, and if they can yeah. do that you want to win aren't you really i guess well, you yeah. are indeed yeah, yeah. brilliant stuff yeah. uh john it's lovely to talk to you again lovely to catch up and uh, some positive news um uh, despite everything that's going on which is always good uh, which is what we like john d beavis thanks for coming on tonight good to talk to you john all right talk soon cheers john okay. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. Councillor John Beaver's there from Gossip Borough Council there and uh, Leon Sona Council, in actual fact, about the Davis Waterfront. And as I say, hopefully in a few weeks time we'll get them on uh, to the show and find out more about uh, the project itself. But it's uh, uh, great to hear uh, that uh, something's finally moving after all these years about that uh, fantastic site there, Leon Sona. This is Express FM. Local radio for Portsmouth. We're talking about uh, an event happening this weekend, and it's the Ashcroft Art Centre Summer Ale Festival. Blimey, if you're drunk, you'd have trouble saying that, I tell you. Uh, with all the details on that, and hopefully more, uh, Lisa Dwayne uh, joins me on the line now. Lisa, good evening to you. How are you? All right. Hello, yeah, I'm great, thank you. How are you? <laughs> all right, not so bad at all, not so bad at all. It's a bit warm, Lisa, has to be said. It's a bit warm. Oh, that is one good thing, Ashcroft. The air conditioning is great. <laughs> Fantastic. See, I'm sat in a nice air-conditioned studio, which is which is rather nice, but spent most of the day sat in a boiling hot room. But uh, but there you go. Uh, I mean, Lisa, I mean, tell us a little bit about this Summer Owl Festival. You wouldn't necessarily put that in the Ashcroft Arts Centre, would you, generally? Um, no, so they have done this before, yeah. um, before COVID, before um, I worked for the venue, but um, it was a winter one, so we were bringing it back in the summer now, so yeah, really excited about it. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Uh, I mean, how did it all come about, first of all? Um, well, they already had the idea since they've run it previously. I only started with the company in January, yeah. but... No, really eager to get this going, but I don't know how they actually came about it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it together, and uh, and but a great idea, especially at the moment with the weather the way it is as well. And the actual uh, arts centre itself, quite a nice uh, sort of place to, to hold something like this, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they've got loads of art around as well. And we're going to be using the car park for seating area outside, and we're going to have a food truck as well. So it's probably come at the right time, really, with the weather, uh, currently as it is at the moment. I mean, it could all change, of course, <laughs> but uh, the way it is at the moment, it's uh, pretty good. Uh, and there's all sorts going on. You mentioned food carts there, of course, and there's all sorts of different uh, ales, I'd imagine, as well. 
Yes, we've got six breweries. Um, they're all quite local. Um, we've got Bowman's who have been really helpful. They sorted out the spillage for us. Um, yeah, they've been amazing. We've got Fallen Acorn and Powder Monkey, which are only just down in Gosport, who will be there helping out. Um, Vibrant Forest, who are just in the new forest. So, yeah, very local. And also you mentioned live entertainment as well. Yeah, yeah. So we have um, two bands on each session. So there's going to be two four-hour sessions with a space in between. Um, the day session, you've got like blues, but kind of quite jump-up blues. So high energy, lots of dancing. And then the evening session, it's like rootsy guitar, lots of strings. Yeah, it's going to be lots of just, fun. Just a chill out too, I think, in the evening, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice, nice point and, uh, and sort of soaking up the atmosphere as well. Uh, so this is the first time we've done it in the summer. Then depending on this, I guess then it's sort of, you think, well, we might carry this on in future years. I definitely think we'll be doing this again next year. You've had a good take-up already, I take it then? Yeah, yeah. So um, the evening session is doing really well. We've got less than 10 tickets available for the evening session now. Wow, so that's good stuff, isn't it? So uh, tickets are selling out. If people want to get tickets, then uh, it's best to get that sorted straight away, really, to get involved in this. Uh, and it's a super setting anyway. Nice, quite quiet around it because it's not far from. Well, it's not far from where the Furnham Hall used to be. <laughs> yeah, no, it's quite near Furnham Hall, but yeah. yeah, obviously that's closed at the moment. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Okay, so when's all the action start then, uh, Lisa? Um, so it starts from 12 o'clock. You've got the first session that's going on from 12 till 4, um, where you'll have bands, the Black Cat Boppers, and a band called Roscoe Shakes. And then in the evening session, that one is on at 6 till 10 p.m., uh, with bands Devil Dam String Band and Grizzly and the Grasshoppers. Nice, nice touch. <laughs> so something there for everyone, really, isn't there? And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, although it is an eighteen-plus event. Yes, yeah. So the kids don't go along, unfortunately. But uh, brilliant <laughs> stuff as well. Okay, so that's at the at the Ashcroft Arts Centre there in um, Osborne Road, isn't it? Yes. To give us correct title, uh, which is not far from the church, or as I say, the Furnham Hall in Firm as well, down the, down the high street end of town, if you like. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Lisa, lovely talking to you. Thanks for coming on tonight and tell us about the Summer Ale Festival. Good luck with it. I hope it goes well. Fingers crossed then for uh, for another event next year. And hopefully the weather's going to stay fine. So I don't think there's any problem about that. (laughs) Doesn't it get too hot? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you enjoy it, Lisa. All right, lover. You take care. Thanks for chatting to us tonight. All right. All right, thank Cheers, Lisa. you. Bye. Bye. Lisa Durain there, and the tells about the, uh, the Summer Ale Festival there uh, being held uh, this weekend, this Saturday, at the Ashcroft Arts Centre there in Fern, just behind uh, what was the old Furnham Hall in Osborne Road, is where you find the actual venue itself. This is Express FM, local radio for Portsmouth. Talking now about uh, a new project, if you like, from Solent Mind, and um, called Theatre for Life, and the tells all about that. Uh, we're talking to. Uh, Michelle Smith, uh, who joins us on the line now. Uh, Michelle, good evening to you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you very much. Good. Thanks for coming on tonight, Michelle, and telling us about this. So I'm reading my own writing. It's atrocious. <laughs> I can't read it. Oh, dear. I think it's an age thing, actually, Michelle, to be honest with you. But anyway, uh, but uh, Michelle, I mean, thanks for coming tonight and, and telling us about this. Because, uh, yeah, a theatre for life. Just explain, because this is a project with Solent Mind, isn't it? Explain a little more about it for us. Yeah, absolutely. So Theatre for Life are a community arts organisation working with young people, predominantly from marginalised communities. And we partnered up with Solent Mind, um, basically, to work on an intergenerational theatre project. Um, 
taking our lovely young people to work with the wonderful dementia group based in Portsmouth and in Southampton as well. So basically the idea is that they get to connect together through the arts, through music and dance and theatre and poetry and find out more about each other's lives, which we've then turned into a piece of theatre, which is beautiful. And now this is called Roots and Branches, isn't it? That's correct, yeah, it's called Roots and Branches. So, yeah, um, we've been we've performed in Southampton already, which was really fab, and we're due to perform in Fairham um, in August on the 26th and the 27th. So, yeah, really excited to show it again to our local community. Yeah, and this is actually happening, uh, ironically, in the Ashcroft Arts Centre of Fairham, which I've been talking about to uh, in my previous guest. We've got something oh, going goodness. on this weekend. So uh, oh, I knew there was a connection with the two of you, and uh, I nearly got muddled up. But, anyway. uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew the Ashcroft Coffin Arts Centre was mugged at somewhere. But uh, I mean, this is a great event too because obviously we're hearing more and more about uh, dementia, aren't we? And this is a great yeah. way to sort of stimulate um, the brain and things like that, isn't it? Bring back absolutely, memories. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think just having those shared experiences and um, everything we've done is to kind of promote cognitive stimulation. So to really, really kind of help bring those memories uh, to the surface. Um, we looked at a lot of, sort of reminiscence work as well. So, for example, um, on one of the sessions in Portsmouth, we reenacted the Coronation Street party and got dressed up and sang all the songs that they sang and ate the food that would have, you know, been eaten at that at that time. Played lots of games and danced. It was just a really lovely, immersive experience. So, and that enabled us to find out more as well about that event. And this really does stimulate uh, the, the the sufferers, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. I think just sitting and having that that moment to also, um, you know, to talk um, and to, we, we've used quite a lot of sort of stimuli along the way, so i.e. news articles or pictures or, um, you know, anything that's going to kind of evoke those memories. It just, it's really, really, really powerful, really powerful. So I'm kind of looking at also sort of shared experiences in terms of family and traditions and values as well has been a really uh, important area to look at as well. And what's nice also is you're capturing these stories. I think you highlighted there, uh, Michelle. Uh, and I guess for future generations too, because some of these stories are going to be lost, yeah. in, you know, in years to come. Absolutely, yeah. And, and with being the sort of platinum jubilee year, it's been really, really, you know, kind of really, really important as well um, because a lot of our group members you know, were in their 20s when the um, coronation happened. So it was really lovely historically for our younger group members to kind of go back in time and, yeah, you know, explore history through the words of others, which is really powerful again. And it's well received, which is nice. And and again, it's the youngsters who are actually taking part in this, which is, which is good for them as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we sort of promote health and well-being all the time. And a lot of our sort of younger um, group members were found like Monday morning to be like the highlight of their week because it is just so, um, there's just something really uplifting, isn't there, about communities coming together yeah. and, you know, taking that time to actually connect. Um, so, you know, after the pandemic, a lot of us were experiencing isolation and, you know, had been kind of locked away, obviously, for two years. So to come out and actually reconnect has been really beneficial for all of us. So, yeah, it's been really, really great from that point of view. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because of lockdown, it's had a quite an impact on on these sorts of things as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so it's good to sort of get them out of themselves and, and be a part of something like this. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, 
you know, the more we were attending the sessions, um, the more those relationships were deepening as well. And that's just lovely. And to go back the other day as well, it was just, yeah, we all yeah. came out smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you learn things along the way yourself by doing all this? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really helped me to understand, you know, my own um, my own grandmother as well as much as anything. And, you know, just the importance of deep listening, which sounds a little bit strange, but actually taking the time to really listen to someone. I think we're always in quite a rush <laughs> in modern life. Yeah. So, um, you know, having that, that chance just to communicate and not be on your mobile phone, actually just really listen attent- attentively to someone. I think, for me, it's just been something that I'm trying to... To, you know, also kind of doing my own life, but most, most importantly, just learning all these amazing stories, these life stories. Um, and I think most importantly, learning about dementia awareness as well. That's been incredibly insightful to learn from not only a carer's perspective, um, but also family members, we've got hmm. family members and also support workers as well. That's been really, really important, you know, to understand that as well. And also, I mean, this is quite a, a thing, really, because obviously you're working in partnership with Solent Mind, and I know yeah. they've got their sort of um, dementia r- remind services here remind, in the city, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's quite integral, isn't it? Really, to I mean, having the youngsters take part in this is quite something in itself, anyway. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, all the young young people, I think, weren't too sure what that, what it was going to be like, you know, the, the experience and um, all of our sort of feedback has been just how restorative it's been, uh, and, you know, and a really sort of, as a humbling experience, you know, and having yeah. that a privilege as well, really, just to kind of connect with the older generations because a lot of their, you know, grandparents aren't particularly that old. Um, so, you know, meeting that sort of slightly older generation has been really, really lovely and really insightful for them. But, yeah, Remind have been amazing. Um, they're such an amazing group and community based in Portsmouth. So, uh, yeah, they've been very welcoming. And why was it important for you then to work with Solar Mind? How did that come about? Well, we've been working together for quite a long time um, because we, as an organisation, Theatre for Life, is very much about creative health. Um, and it just kind of really aligned, you know, what we were doing and they were doing to support young people with mental health. Um, so we've been working together for quite a long time, since about 2018. So, yeah, it's just been a natural progression, um, just our, you know, collaboration on, on, on lots of different projects, not just this one, lots of different ones where we're really coming together um, to support people and really promote positive well-being through the arts and creativity because it's so powerful. It's such a powerful tool. So, yeah, our ethos is really aligned. So that's been really, really great to collaborate. Now, where can we find you uh, and to, to have a look at this uh, Theatre for Life? You're, so we're, yeah, you're up at the Ashcroft Arts Centre, aren't you? Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we are performing on the 26th and 27th of August. Um, on the 26th, it will be BSL interpreted as well. Um, so just to let you know that as part of our access. Um, we also have a private matinee at 2pm on the 27th and we would like to offer the community, the local Portsmouth community and Fairham, free free tickets to anyone you know, who works with groups with dementia or maybe you're a carer or you're a support worker within that field. We would love to sort of invite you know, our local community to that as a free performance because in 2023 we are looking to tour this as a piece of theatre around local care homes and dementia groups. 
So, yeah, it would be lovely just to see if anyone would like to come to watch, you know, just to see what it's about, really. Um, but the tickets can be found on the Ashcroft Arts Centre website and you can contact Box Office and, yeah, book them via them. But we have a website as well, which is www.theatreforlife.co.uk and a Twitter, which is at theatre underscore life two and Facebook, Instagram, at theatre for life. Fantastic. All, it is all <laughs> over the place. You're like a rash, Michelle, all over it. <laughs> all over <the> place. <laughs> Michelle, it's lovely talking to you. I think this is great stuff as well. Uh, but the worrying thing is, of course, dementia affects not just generally older people now, we're finding it in younger people too, yeah. which is quite a worry, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, we do look at early onset, one of our stories, Um so, you know, the piece itself is a very sort of celebration of life stories. And we very gently have kind of weaved in a little bit of dementia awareness, but very, very, very sensitively. And we do look at early onset and how that, you know, how that can come about. Um, and most importantly, looking at positive brain health, um, because it's so, so important, um, which is something we want to really kind of educate our young audiences on as well. Like, you know, it's really important to take part, take care of your mind. Um, so yeah, it, early onset is something we also explore, and we have worked with you know lovely group members that have early onset as well. Yeah, it's tough stuff. It really is tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, it's lovely stuff that you're doing there, Theatre for Life, and uh, good luck with the, with uh, with all of it, and of course the tour as well. And, and you. always keep in touch. Always nice to come out to stories like this and sort of beat the drum. And certainly for our colleagues there at Solent Mind, who always do as proud uh, with anyone we uh, chat to. So, Michelle, thanks for coming on tonight. Good luck with it all. Uh, and we'll talk again, I'm sure. Local radio for Portsmouth. This is Express FM. Time for this week's Profile Guest and uh, first time for us here on the show. Great to get them on as well. We're talking about those three forts. Well, there's four, but there's three, if you still want to We'll come on to that in a second or so. Uh, my Profile Guest tonight from uh, the owner of Stone and Forts, uh, Mike Clare, joins me on the line now. Mike, a very good evening to you, sir. How are you, right? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you, Chris. Cheers. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Uh, and you've got a great story to tell here. I mean, proudly, you're the owner of the three forts out there in the Stones. That's quite unique, Mike. <laughs> well, I think I'm the only one that's owned them since the uh, the, the army. Uh, a lot of people think the navy used to own them, but it was really the the army uh, to defend us from the French. But actually, I actually only own two now because we have sold um, the uh, horse dance fort uh, about uh, two years ago. We did. So we did have all three for sale: uh, Spitbank Fort, No Man's Fort, and uh, and Horse Dance Fort. But uh, Horse Dance is the derelict one, uh, which is near a sort of South Sea, and and we sold that um, about two years ago they haven't done anything with it uh, they, they've just sort of got ideas of what they might want to do with it so we've got No Man's Fort and, and Spitbank which are the developed ones and, and we've used those for all sorts of events and and, and uh, all, all sorts of weddings and parties and, and events and they are ma- magnificent uh, in their own right and, uh, and fantastic venues as well they are unique because the only way you're going to get there is by boat <laughs> well, exactly. Or by helicopter, but helicopter. yeah, 90% of people come by boat, I agree. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how did it all come about, Mike, for you? Well, um, yeah, I, I'd been lucky enough in business and, uh, and I'd sold my main business that I used to run. And then um, I, was, I was away, I was abroad actually, and I saw in Country Life the fact that Spitbank Fort was um, going to go up for auction. And uh, I just saw the details of it and I, and I sent a couple of people over to have a look at it and I never actually looked at it myself. I ended up buying it just before the auction, so it didn't go to auction, but, uh, but I made an offer and managed to, to buy it and secure it before the auction. And... Um, 
and that started an incredible journey. That was about ten years ago. I didn't. You know, I should really say I had all these you know, you know cash flow plans, and I knew yeah. exactly what I was doing and things like that. But um, between you and I, and uh, however many listeners you've got, um, I didn't really know what I was doing with them. But I was so excited by them, and I still am. And most people that visit them are really excited by them. So um, you know, I went on a journey of. of, of Discovery, really. That you know, I needed to refurbish them first of all. I needed to make them into something. I wanted to sort of save them for prosperity to, to a certain extent, but also try and make money out of them. So, you know, we we had that for about three or four years, and I spent uh, quite a few million pounds sort of doing that up. And, uh, and that's an incredible. People sort of jaw people's jaw drop when they when they get on there. It really is a, a unique venue. Yeah, well, I've had the privilege of going to Spitbank, and I have to say, my first hand. Absolutely fabulous, uh, and, yeah. and the rooms—it's uh, just immaculate. Is all I can say. It's currently closed at the moment, though, Mike, isn't it? We closed it about two years ago, just sort of when COVID sort of yeah. uh, struck, really. And um, you know, they—they—we we just about—we just put them up for sale, really. And um, the—you know—it's. Yeah, I've had them for about eight or nine years, and um, it needs someone with some passion to sort of... Lots of people want to do different things. Some people want to run them as a casino or a spa, or they want to do these, run them as a hotel, or they want them as a private residence, as a sort of some sort of wacky folly or something. So, you know, it's it's time for someone else to sort of take the reins, really, and, and have some fun with them, because, uh, you know, they're very James Bondish. You know, they're big <laughs> granite islands in the middle of the, uh, of the Solent, and, you know, the potential... Potential is incredible, but um, I've had some great times on there, and uh, you know, and same with No, no Man's. So it's not just Spitbank. No Man's is three times as big as Spitbank, and uh, that's that's got its own sort of character. And uh, they're they're sort of the same but different. One's one's a lot bigger and it's taller, and it's and it's got a bigger sort of diameter. Um, but um, Spitbank's got a bit more sort of uh, je ne sais quoi, sort of bit of style to it somehow. Yeah. Um, and, and No Man's is, is got a lot of square feet, 99,000 square feet. So um, they've, they've got their landing stages and, and accessibilities. So, yeah, b- big potential, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is that what attracted you uh, to, to them in the first place, that all the history behind it? Uh, not just to think, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go off and buy that, but the history behind it as well perhaps you know, uh, tempted you? I, d- I think if I was, I wasn't attracted by the fact that how much money I thought I would make out of them because I don't, I don't think that that's been the case. I was attracted by their uniqueness, really, yeah. and the fact that they're islands, and, and the fact that you're, you know, you've there's something special about an island that you're remote and away, and you've got to go there by boat, as you said in the, in the first place. And you know, it's just it, it's sort of accessible from Portsmouth, but but you're still an island, and you'd have a, a, a container ship or a cruise ship going by right by your bedroom window because each of the, the the sort of gun emplacements are now a bedroom and you know, they're also one suite and they've got bars and restaurants over there and things but but in the essence they're 160 year old granite granite things that haven't moved you know they're incredibly uh, stable and you know they're, they're, the actual structure there's no cracks or anything but you know internally you know it's it's how it's how they're used and um, you know we put in kitchens and, and heating and air conditioning and generators and things it's got in its own well that, that goes through the seabed into an underwater river to, to get fresh water up there and that's what the Victorians did which is incredible incredible to think they knew where to build that yeah. fort to know that there was an underground river underneath there so and then, and then construct it without machinery 160 years ago 
Yeah, no, it's just beyond belief, really. Yeah, and the height as well, as you said, and the width from particularly the, the other fort uh, further yeah. out, it's uh, it's something else as well. So it's going to be quite sad when you do finally part with them then. Well, I, uh, there's there's quite a few people sort of interested that we're talking to, but and and they sort of quite want people's experience, and you know, I'm very much. I sort of love them, and I, and I would like to still have some sort of relationship. And uh, who knows, someone might want to tell me to bugger off, and that's fine. Uh, or they might sort of say, well, Mike, you've got a lot of history with them and a lot of knowledge, and uh, we'd, we'd like you to be somehow part of it. So, you know, who knows? You know, as I said, we haven't solved them yet, so um, we, we don't know exactly which route we're going. But, um, yeah, there's, there's potential, and, you know... I, I just think they're, they're they're absolutely incredible. Yeah, they are particularly yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, so you've been quite lucky, really, uh, with business and things like that over the years, then, Mike. Um, I, I always have this expression that you know, the, the harder I work, the yeah. luckier I get. You know, and uh, <laughs> you can call it you can call it luck or you can call it hard work. I always say in business, there, there's three things you need: a little bit of skill, not not huge amounts. I'm not Einstein by any means. I didn't even go to university, but you do need a little bit of skill, and you've got to be a certain amount of intelligence, uh, and you need a little bit of luck that you've mentioned. Um, but you need shed loads of hard work. It's a bit boring, I know, but. But mostly in business, if you specialise and, and you work really hard, um, there's a good chance of success. Mike, um, have there been sort of many films that have been shot on the forts out there? Um, yeah, they've been used at many film locations. So we, there was a quite a famous TV series with Jeremy Beadle where you uh, the, the it was like um, one of those escape room things. But you, you actually the the punishment was you had to be locked up on this fort with Jeremy Beadle. <laughs> uh, that that was a few years ago. But no, it's been used for various sort of documentaries and and, and films. It's got a lot of history, and it's you know it's we try they are they're not just graded. You know, you have like uh, buildings that grade two, grade two star grade. Grade one, but these are called ancient monuments, so they're they're really quite historic. That's the same as, as uh, Stonehenge or something. But so you know, we 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 very much aware that we want to preserve them and and keep them for prosperity and and, and generations and generations to come. So you know, there's a sense of responsibility that comes with them. But there's also, as I said earlier, this the, the fun element yeah. of, of what you you can do out there. And as I said, there, there's been some some rather fantastic. They used to be used spit mangles for raves uh, and. <laughs> Uh, a, bit, a bit, a bit before my time, but people went out there, and uh, you know, there, there's no, uh, there's no sort of CCTV, there's no sort of police out there. God knows what people got up to, but no. anyway, people used to say it was fun, and uh, um, we're not, we're not quite in, into those heavy raids nowadays, but certainly some great fun parties. I bet there was too. Fantastic. I tell you what, mate, they might make great radio stations out there. Yeah, that's like, a bit like Radio Caroline. Yes. You, you'd be going back to your your, your roots. <laughs> be great stuff out there. Isn't it? shove a mask on top and away you go no one would bother yeah. would they <laughs> yeah we did think once about becoming uh, declaring independence because we thought well there, there was um, you can yeah. you can do this thing and we could say we're a separate country and have our own flag and enter the Eurovision Song Contest and uh, <laughs> have our own currency and stamps and things but uh, no they, we've got lots of ideas <laughs> not, not always uh, actioned many of them but lots of ideas yeah because you are in the middle of nowhere really aren't you to be honest with you well it's halfway between Isle of Wight so yeah. no man is near the Isle of Wight. In fact, it's within the Isle of Wight Council, but um, Spitbank and 
and Horsand are both within uh, Portsmouth Council. So sometimes they have their own little little local bylaws and rules. Yeah. And what well, one one is Portsmouth, and the other is the Isle of Wight, and there's, there's slight differences. But uh, yeah, they're, they're fought in the middle. They obviously built to defend us in in the 1870s. From they thought the French was going to invade and, and sort of do a Pearl Harbour, and, and they were going to come and invade and blow up all our ships in uh, in Portsmouth Harbour. So they were built to, to stop any ships going. And they say they're follies. Um, they're, they're called Palmerston, which was Lord Palmerston, who was the MP, uh, sorry, Prime Minister at the time. And um, and they're follies because the French never came and attacked. And, and some people say they're a waste of, of money. But actually, I always sort of say that, well, the, the, the reason the French didn't attack was because the forts were there. They did a bit of a recce and, and realised that, you know, they're going to better get past these great big yeah. granite fortresses to, that, that with these great big guns on so they wouldn't be able to get to the harbour. Yeah. So um, you, you don't know, are, are they follies or not? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, um, I guess you've been right down to the bells of the actual forts itself. I mean, it's incredible workmanship, though, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, uh, it's 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 just beyond belief. Now, what it would cost nowadays uh, to to do that sort of work is is, is they're all sort of ironclad, uh, you know, to protect any sort of ships firing at them. And um, but huge, fifteen foot thick granite walls and. Um, yeah, just just feats of engineering. It used to be hundreds of of soldiers would be on there sleeping in hammocks and things uh, w- without much uh, sort of facilities or bathrooms. They just used to use the sea, I think. Yeah, I um, uh, yeah. So it's and and we've got a lot of the history there. We have a, yeah. a part of the forts we saved uh, to tr- to try and preserve all that. Yeah, uh, um, I mean they must have built them fairly quick as well. You know, bearing in mind the French on the way. Yeah, well that's right. Well, no, I think I think three or four years it took to to. to build them, they constructed some sort of uh, above-the-sea railway line to, to, to bring stuff out there. There's wow. incredible sort of knowledge on, on how that was done. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you've learned yeah. a lot along the way too, Mike, haven't you, all the history yeah, behind it all, yeah? it's sort of like a hobby, really. Yeah. Sort of like, uh, history, history, uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of hard work getting yeah. things done and things but then yeah a sense of accomplishment and, and yeah. I'm very proud of, of what I've sort of managed to to, to sort of uh, keep for prosperity yeah, if you want long. for yeah. long term yeah yeah and totally different from what you've done in your day job really I guess I do a lot of different things. I've got so many hats that I wear. Yeah. Sometimes I know what, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> know which hat to it. put on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, um, my, my original background was, um, was, was dreams. I started a bed company, so I was all to do with sleep and beds yeah. and mattresses. Um, and, then, and then when I've moved on from that, it's, uh, it's sort of, I had some castles in Scotland and some unusual yes, buildings, which is where the forts came about, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, but yeah, a variety of things. So the, the history bug has sort of beaten you, really, in more ways yeah, than one, hasn't it? Yeah. I do. I, it's it's a bit, you know, I didn't like history at school. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe my history teacher wasn't very good, but, <laughs> but no, no, history nowadays, it, it is good to understand our past, I think. Yeah, it's more fascinating, isn't it? And just say, yeah. you know, it's the kings and queens, probably not so much interested in, but local history, you want to know what's going on around you, what has been there. I think yeah. that's probably the... And with these forts, of course, it's living history because it's there, you can see it, you can touch it. Well, yeah, they are visible from, from yeah. as you say, from the Isle of Wight and, and Portsmouth and Patsy and all along your, your coast there. Some people don't really know what they are. They used to, I think we tried to do a bit of publicity, but people sort of look at them. They, they look a bit like big ships at, yes. from a distance. But, you know, they, they, they don't move, obviously. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they, they are in the way of that big new uh, aircraft carrier yes. that they built, you know, and they, they have to sort of 
they can't do a lot about it. They've got to go around them. They've got so. to manoeuvre around it. But, uh, yeah. I mean, because there's actually four out there, isn't there? Because there's one near there the Isle of Wight, isn't there? There is, in Benbridge Harbour. Yeah. Uh, that, that's even smaller than Spitbank. So, so wow. Hall Sands and, and No Man's are the same size, and they're mirror Im- images of each other, and they're a lot larger. And Spitbank's a bit smaller, but Benbridge is even smaller still. And, um, yeah, the, the, so there were four. So that was to defend, uh, uh, protect Benbridge Harbour. Yeah, because um, you can walk out to that one, can't you? I think it was a tide. I out. think you can, uh, yeah. certain tides and things like that. So that's right, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you, I mean if, I've got to ask you, this, though, Mike, uh, very quickly. Uh, how did dreams come about then? How did you get into the bed sort of side of things? Well, no, not not with any particular planning, uh, <laughs> but you know, just just for tutor. I went to High Wycombe College, which is a furniture sort of town, yeah. and uh, and then I got involved in furniture and and sort of worked for various other furniture retailers. And then I'd always wanted my own business. My father had his own business, and you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then. Um, you know, one day I started a bed shop and started with one shop and, and, and gradually built it up to, uh, you know, about 200 yeah. sort of big stores. So, you know, it's fairly easy. I always, people say, you know, uh, you know, I said earlier about hard work, but, yes. I, you know, all we did was buy beds and sell them for more than we bought them for. You know, I yeah. tried to make it sound easy, but uh, yeah, there were a few challenges along the way. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, Everyone needs a bed, don't they? That's, a, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I guess the last couple of years have been hell, haven't they, really? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been <laughs> a difficult, uh, a challenging time. Yeah, I think, you sure. know, we, we are in challenging times at the moment, as much as I said, what a wonderful yeah. world. But, you know, it's... Um, well, I don't like to be glib about it, and I appreciate that I'm in a more fortunate or lucky situation. But... Um, yeah, I, I still think people can look on on the positive side of life. Yeah. Or I, I sometimes think that uh, you, you know there should be more of the news and the, and the, and the media, or to not always be so negative about. Yeah, it, I do think sometimes that, you know, some media organisations do sort of hype it a bit, don't they? A little bit, but it's newsworthy, I suppose. And yeah, that's their, it. their job is to is to get listeners or to sell newspapers, and, and if that's newsworthy, you, you know. You can't blame them. That's that's their job. Yeah, Mike Clare. It's been a pleasure talking to you tonight, sir. And uh, it's fascinating to find out more about the forts as well, and obviously a bit about yourself and more about your background. That uh, basically, you know, if you if you've got pardon the pun, the dream, <laughs> you know, it, it, it can work. And if you work hard, you know, you can you can do it. Absolutely. And Chris, it's a pleasure talking to you as well. No, no. Um, I've now got. Um, Portsmouth Express FM, you know, on my uh, on my radio list. Look now. at that, fantastic, <laughs> Mike! Uh, brilliant stuff. Hey, it's great talking to you, Mike. Thanks, Kalon. Local radio for Portsmouth. This is Express FM. That's it uh, this week. Thanks for your company tonight. We'll do it all again uh, for our tenth anniversary show. Have we really been doing this show ten years? Crikey! Well, I don't know what happened there, but uh, anyway, we are, and uh, we'll do it all again next week from seven o'clock. Uh, profile guest next week, Rachel from the RSPCA. It's Stubberton Ark, all that kind of think she's a profile guest and more the week's news and views too. Stay cool, whatever you're doing, look after yourselves. Take care, not on now.